Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Your health on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Your Health, where we talk about personal health and the business of health. And today I'm talking about acute myeloid leukemia, which is the most common type of leukemia for adults in Singapore, especially those amongst 65 years and above. Now, despite it being so common, survival rates are low. An average of 27% of adults diagnosed with AML are expected to live past five years. So what are some of the treatment options when it comes to this condition and how, if effective are they? Is it possible for doctors and patients to stay uh, perhaps a step ahead of this disease? Well, on the line with me is Dr. Yvonne Lowe, hematologist for Curie Oncology. Dr. Yvonne, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So this is quite an interesting topic that we're discussing, AML, acute myeloid leukemia. Is there any chance you could simplify and describe this condition for us? Okay, so AML is a cancer involving the blood cells that come from the bone marrow. And the bone marrow, as you know, is kind of the factory for the blood that produces the red blood cells, the white blood cells, the platelets. So depending on what uh, precursor cells uh, get affected by the mutations, um, then the, the leukemia is then uh, derived from there. So basically it's a blood cancer and it comes from the bone marrow. I know it's a very, very, very painful condition because um, when I was in the army, we we had someone who had this condition mm. and uh, they were asking for like just to check everyone's blood platelets and who could help out uh, to find that matching donor. Survival rates are... Un- unfortunately very low when it comes to this. What are some of the factors involved here? Okay, so I'm going to first of all correct you because it's not really true that all the survival rates are that low. Yes, the average survival, if you add together all the types of AML, can be quite low. But the truth is, the range is really wide. So the best form of AML is called acute promyelocytic leukemia. And you'll be surprised to know that the cure rate for that is 97%. And that is unprecedented for any kind of Mm. cancer, actually. And the reason for that is because Precisely because we know the mutations that involve in this subtype of AML, that we have uh, design agents that are effective, that the cure rate without uh, even strong chemotherapy is 97% in patients. So that's really, really good. But mm. on the other end of the spectrum, we have some that have really a small uh, prognosis because they have mutations that confer uh, a bad prognosis. So then, yeah, the survival rate can be less than 10%. So that's why you end with this average of uh, 27. So, but you know, it, the picture's not quite as bleak as it sounds when you put it that way. Right. Uh, there's a, a lot more factors and details that need to be looked into. Uh, one of the areas I'm quite interested in is uh, the treatment options available for AML. Could you share them with us? Okay, so the standard treatment for AML is generally with the chemotherapy. So most patients usually receive some kind of chemotherapy. And the ones that are used most often, the intensity of chemotherapy has been utilized since around the 50s. And uh, with some modifications over the years, generally that still forms the backbone of treatment for uh, most patients. Uh, but nowadays, with, uh, with the advent of uh, targeted therapy, there are some things that can be added either to the chemotherapy backbone to make it more effective, okay. or in some instances, uh, the targeted agent even without the chemotherapy. Okay. Doctor, I want to pick up on on something you mentioned earlier on the whole uh, genetic mutations aspect. How does that play into the potential for relapse? So this is really important. So, I mean, as we know, all cancers ultimately come about because of mutations in the gene of the cell. So some of these genetic mutations confer uh, uh, increased resistance to chemotherapy or they confer an increased survival advantage to cancer cells. So they divide faster, they live longer. 
they exist out of the space where they're supposed to exist or they um, they confer certain mutations that make them resistant to chemotherapy or evade the immune system. So all of these will contribute, therefore, to the likelihood of the cancer relapsing. There's always like a like a game plan or a war plan against the disease, right? Mm. Does that factor into how doctors can potentially stay a step ahead of, of the treatment? Most definitely. So when we make a diagnosis of AML now, we're not simply looking at is this AML or not? We're all looking at what are the mutations present at the point of diagnosis and also at the point of relapse. So at the point of diagnosis, they will inform us not just in terms of how they will do eventually in terms of their prognosis, but sometimes there are specific genetic mutations that may uh, inform our choices. So we may add a drug. So for instance, one of the most common mutations in adult AML is, is called FLT3, or FIT3 for short. And in, in these patients, this particular mutation, uh, there are some drugs that are designed that uh, attack that particular mutation. So the FIT3 mutation uh, makes the cells divide faster. Basically, a mutated protein on the surface of the cells turns the cell on so that it continues to divide well beyond the time it should. And as a consequence, these uh, chemists, they, they divide very fast. Uh, but because there are drugs that are now designed to turn off that signal, um, by adding this together with chemotherapy, we're able to improve the outcomes of patients with this particular mutation. And upon relapse, there's even a drug that can be used as a single agent that can help to turn off that signal bring the patients back into remission. Dr. Yvonne, so I mentioned how AML is the most common type of leukemia for adults in Singapore, especially those aged 65 and above. Mm. And there are a lot of other complications when you get older. So as far as treatment plans are concerned for the older uh, patients, uh, what are some of the factors that we need to look at? Yeah, well, nowadays, you know, people are living way past 65, right? They're living yeah. 90 and stuff. So yeah. um, it, not every 65-year-old is the same. So to be honest, there are some 65-year-olds who look like they are in their 50s, right? Mm. And then unfortunately, there are 65-year-olds who look much older than that. And, and some of that is, has to do with uh, how fit they are otherwise. So some okay. of these things definitely come into play. If they are generally healthy, they've been leading an active lifestyle, they don't have other medical conditions, they might be able to do just as well as a young patient with AML and even tolerate the more intensive treatments. On the other hand, those who are more frail, uh, where we want to use something lighter, and the good thing is that, you know, over the last 10 years or so, there have been some concerted efforts to actually conduct clinical trials and approve drugs specifically for patients who are older. So in the past, many of these patients were left out because when I first started practicing as a hematologist, and I won't say how long ago that was, <laughs> the options were really quite limited, right? And um, many times we just tell these patients, okay, you know, you've lived a good life, you know, go back and spend time with your grandchildren, so on and so forth. But now we're different. Now we actually have real options for them where they can get low-intensity treatments that mm. actually work very well and can even uh, bring them into remission sufficiently that we may even consider doing a blood stem cell transplant for them. Okay, okay. So, so like treatment to match the body type or the fitness level, which That's is uh, right. a bit more uh, curated like, in that sense. That's right. And then, that plus also knowing the mutations, sometimes there may be a targeted drug that they may use rather than chemotherapy that may work really well in them. And so we may actually offer these to them instead, and they, they may be effective enough to even bring them into a remission, and once again, potentially even bridge them to an allergenic transplant, which will give them the best chance of a cure. Okay. Dr. Yvonne, I've got another type of question, and, and mm. I think this is a very interesting one. If, let's say, Touchwood, I've been diagnosed with this, I, for some reason, had to do some tests, and you tell me, okay, Elliot, you've got AML. Mm. As a patient sitting in front of you, 
What questions should I ask you? I guess the most common question patients ask me is how am I got this, right? Yeah. Okay. But the truth is the honest answer is we often don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are clear-cut risk factors like, you know, you had family history of, of the disease or you, you're a smoker. Uh, but many times patients actually get it out of the blue and it's really nothing. It's not your fault. This would be mm-hmm. the first thing I say. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing would be well, what are my treatment options, obviously, right? So based on the tests that we do, the patient's analysis that we do, we will then uh, come up with a plan that would, would match uh, would match you. Okay. And of course, I would emphasize that, as I said, nowadays, things are not so bleak and there's potential for cure for most patients with AML. I've been speaking with Dr. Yvonne Lowe, hematologist for Curie Oncology. Dr. Yvonne, thank you so much for your time. It's been really educational. You're welcome. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.